Good morning. Welcome to Living Well Class. My name is Pastor Chris Best, and it's good to have you with us this morning, whether live here or listening online. By the way, if you're listening and part of what we do online, know that you are welcome to come join us. We're in the uh, 1045 time slot in Annex East at Midtown Baptist Temple. So come for 9 o'clock to main service, and then and then you can join us for the fellowship where you can do what you can't do by yourself, and, and you can't do sitting in a congregation of two or 300 people. So we spend time with small groups. So we'll have teaching time this morning, and then if you're with us online, that's, that's probably all you're going to get. But then, you know, live will break up into small groups where we will work through together what God is showing us and then report back to the rest of the group at the end of that. But let's go to the Lord in prayer and, and, and then uh, we'll open our Bibles to the epistle of Second John and continue in our series there. So, Lord, we come before you in Jesus' name. And God, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love and the fellowship that we have together in Christ. God, it is so good to be part of what you are doing. So we just ask you for your grace, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and minds through your word by your spirit this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are in Second John this morning. We, we've worked our way um, all the way to verse 2 so far. And what we've seen in this series so far is that that we live and love for the truth's sake. So if you've got your Bible open, you can see in 2 John chapter 1. The elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. And not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. And, and right there it is. All they that have known the truth love. Okay, so so working through that uh, in the last few weeks, what we've learned is that the truth is absolutely amazing. We know the truth as defined by the Word of God. Jesus is the the living truth, the living Word of God. He said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we know the living word, Jesus Christ, what he came and what he did is absolutely amazing. It's wonderful. We also know that the written word of God is truth. John prayed in John 17, 17, or Jesus prayed in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And we know we have the written word of God and God's testimony on that. And we know that the word, that the truth is amazing. It does what nothing else can do. It's a light that shines in a dark place and it brings light and, and, and it brings love and it brings peace and it brings joy and it brings hope to a world that just lies in wickedness otherwise. And, and that amazing truth, what we've seen is that truth is in us. We are truth bearers. And last week we saw that we have the truth. We should appreciate the truth and we should know the truth. Like an equipped ambulance to the dying, so is the truth-filled believer to the world. We saw last week like an ambulance exists for life's sake because life is precious and that ambulance has life-saving equipment. The ambulance goes out and for life's sake does what it does. Well, so the believer loves 
for truth's sake. The equipped believer can take the truth and go out and seek and save the lost. It's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And this week we come to 2 John chapter 1, verse 2, for the truth's sake, and then here's the next part, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. And the point that we want to see this week, this is, uh, I'll just give you an, uh, an alert, uh, a nerd alert. We're going to kind of nerd out a little bit this week in terms of our illustration, because what we see, that which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever, there's, there, there's an eternal perspective to this. What we're talking about is part of the eternal makeup of the believer. It shall be with us forever. So after our temporal existence on this planet is over and we enter into eternity, we still have this that is in us and shall be with us. And so what we're talking about is our eternal spiritual anatomy, that which is in us. And so here's here's where it gets nerdy because because you, it's talking about spiritual anatomy. And if we have an understanding of anatomy, okay, that knowledge will enable us to understand physiology. Physiology is just how it works. So anatomy is how it's put together, what's in there. Physiology is how it works. And if you understand anatomy and physiology, you can also understand pathology. So I would say this. We have with us here this morning, uh, Rukus. And Rukus knows you better than you know yourself. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Well, I mean he's a neurosurgeon. And he understands your brain better than you do. He knows you better than yourself. He knows where your hippocampus is. He knows what's going on. He knows how it's all put together. And and an understanding of that anatomy gives him an understanding of how it all works together. So, for example, if, if someone had the unfortunate occurrence of having a stroke, maybe their right arm would go numb and they would lose their ability to speak. Okay, by the way, if that happens to you, just call 911. Don't give it a day or two. If all of a sudden you have double vision and your balance is off, you just, just call 911 if you have those things and go get that checked out. But anyway, what Rukus could do is, is he would be able to know what's going on in what part of your brain by the symptoms because he knows how it's all wired and put together. So because he understands the anatomy and the physiology, he can recognize the pathology for what it is. Okay, nerd alert, I, I warned you. But in Second John, what we see is we get to see some insights into our spiritual anatomy. That is what is within you. So you do have a brain. It does have a physiology and it does have pathology. Well, you also have within you other things. You have a liver, you have a gallbladder, you have a pancreas. And understanding that anatomy, understanding how that all fits together will help you understand physiology and it'll help understand pathology. You also have within you other things. You have a spleen and you have a stomach. You know what else you have? You also have, check this out, the truth abiding in you. Okay, so what we talked about was the truth. It is okay defined in Scripture for us. It, it's all. It, it is the living word, Christ. You know, God incarnate. It is the written word of God. And so, if this is to line up for us with what I've said so far, 
then what we would have to see is that God actually dwells within us, and that's part of our spiritual anatomy. And so our first point for study this morning is actually that, that in us and with us, we have God himself. This includes the, the Holy Ghost. John fourteen sixteen says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. That is, speaking of the Holy Spirit of God, the, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, listen to this, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So there it is, right out of Second John. It is in us and with us, and that's what John fourteen seventeen says of the Holy Spirit of God. He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now let's just stop for a moment. In you, that is part of your spiritual anatomy, but with you, that's that includes a level of fellowship. Okay, so not all, this isn't an autonomic functioning organ in your body that you don't have to think about. If, if you eat a, a greasy meal, which, which okay, I'm, I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying if you do that, your gallbladder if, is going to just kick in and automatically squeeze down and, and, and squish out bile into your intestine. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to tell your gallbladder to do that. That's autonomic. But this, the, this idea that he dwelleth not just in us, but with us, what that communicates to us is that there is a degree of fellowship that goes beyond just something that happened. It is an ongoing process where we need to acknowledge his, his presence, and we'll talk more about that later. But we also see within us that God is within us. 1 John 4.12 says, No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. And so, so here again, we see that if we have the truth, we love. God is the truth. God dwelleth in us, and that results in us loving one another. Galatians 2.20 is a familiar passage. That tells us that, you know, not only do we have the Holy Ghost within us, not only is God dwelling in us, but Christ. And so there's your Trinity. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Okay, so, so we, we indeed do have, as part of our spiritual anatomy, God himself living within us. We also have the Word of God in us. So here's what we see. The Word of God is our second uh, point of study here. The Word of God in 2 John chapter 1, verse 2, it, it just defines it as the truth. The truth is in us, and we've read that already. We also have in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, the Word of Christ dwelling in us. Colossians 3, 16. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. By the way, there's your anatomy and your physiology. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Okay, so there's your, your anatomy is that the word of Christ is to be in you richly. That, that means, it, like, you know it. It, it's in there. You've you've got it. You've it, you're meditating on it. You've you've worked through it. In all wisdom, that means there's stuff you're doing with it. 
not just passively like, well, I think I, you know, I have the the word in there, but it hasn't affected me at all. No, no, no. The the word is being lived out. And so here's the physiology. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Anyway, there there we go. Okay, so the word of God dwells in us. We have the truth in Second John chapter one verse two. The word of Christ in Colossians three sixteen. Here here it says it in John fifteen seventeen. Christ's words: If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. And so you know. You, you might not have known it, but within you is God himself, and within you should be the word of God. And this brings us to our, our two key points that we want to consider. Number one, we need to be aware of our eternal spiritual anatomy, and we need to practice the presence of God. Okay, so that's a strange phrase. I, I've, I've taken it from Brother Lawrence's book, which is just titled The Practice of the Presence of God. And I guess I'll just make a plug for that book real quick. Uh, it's a silly book. It's a little different maybe than, than most books that, that I would recommend. The, the book is really responses to letters that people wrote to this guy, Brother Lawrence, this monk of old. And the, the responses all sound rather the same. Someone would write in, and we don't have the letters that people wrote to Brother Lawrence as much as we just have Brother Lawrence's responses to them. But he would say something along these lines. He would say, wow, it really sounds like you're going through a difficult time. I'm sorry to hear about your you know, relationship problems. Um, but here's what I would recommend. Instead of focusing on everything that's wrong, why don't you just really focus on the fact that God is with you? Why don't you focus on the presence of God and draw near to him during this time of difficulty? And I trust that he'll get you through this time. And then there, there'll be another letter. And, and we don't have the letter, but we have the response. And it would sound something like this. Gee, it, it sounds like you're going through a really difficult time. I'm sorry to hear about your illness. I have an idea. Instead of focusing on, on how severe this illness is or how long this illness might, might last, instead of that, why don't you rather just focus on the fact that God is with you? And, and why don't you use this time of difficulty to draw near to him and abide in his presence, and I trust that in his presence will be fullness of joy. And you can ask yourself this question, is God enough? And if God is enough, all of a sudden your, your circumstances, such as your illness, will lose its grip on you. And so anyway, this book, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence, it really just instructs to focus on the presence of God. And, and it is amazing how fickle we are. It's amazing how we can intellectually agree and we can study our Bibles and see that God is with us. And then we can turn around and act not only like he's not with us, sometimes we act like there is no God. Sometimes we, we act foolishly as if God doesn't exist, as if we're not accountable to him, if we're not bought with a price. And really the whole time God is actually in us. It's part of our eternal 
spiritual anatomy and not just in a passive way that we're designed with him in us, but he is with us and we're to be in fellowship with him. And so the practice, that doesn't mean like like baseball practice, like there's a game coming and the game is what counts and the practice is just a warm-up. It, it, it's like a, a medical doctor or a lawyer practices their profession. So it, it's just another way of saying, make it practical. This is what you should be doing. And so we need to have part of our physiology that we're going to be aware of the presence of God and we're going to live in fellowship with him. We're going to pray without ceasing. We're going to not assume it to be an autonomic function, but we're actually going to deliberately choose to include him in our decisions. And usually that's a bit of a paradigm change for us. And so that's the first key point. God is in you. God is with you. That is part of your eternal spiritual anatomy. So practice the presence of God. The second key point is this. Be aware of your eternal spiritual anatomy and study, memorize, and meditate on the written word of God. So the words of Christ are supposed to abide in us. And when they do, it affects our physiology. It affects how we live and how things work. And so, you know, it's really hard to live God's way if you don't know God's word. It's hard to communicate biblically if, if we don't know what the Bible says about communication. It's hard to work and live. And the things that we do, it's hard to do them God's way if we don't know God's way. And so what we need to do is recognize that part of our spiritual anatomy is that we have God's word in us. We're not just reading a chapter a day to keep the devil away. We're actually working to study God's word, to rightly divide the word of truth, and then learn, memorize, meditate on the word of God. And what happens then is our physiology begins to change. What is in us, in terms of our spiritual anatomy, will cause us to live differently. We will find ourselves teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord, we'll find ourselves living out what God instructed, and his ways are so much better. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him, and how we trust in him is by doing things his way. And, and what you're going to find, I guarantee it, is that if you'll trust him according to his word, you will be blessed. Now, I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel, but you will be set free from all the, the things that hinder, that bother, that weigh us down, and we just put our trust in him. Because we're not working really, really hard to, to try to get something other than to get what God has for us. And, and so, you know, he becomes our master, not things, and it's just a beautiful thing. So, so so there's our anatomy, there's our physiology. We're going to break up into small groups now and work through what it is that the Holy Spirit is showing you. We want to be quick with the gospel in our small groups, and here is the gospel that Jesus Christ came. He lived a perfect life, the life that we couldn't live. He was crucified on the cross and died. He was buried in the grave for three days, but then, conquering sin and death, he rose from the grave, 
because the grave is conquered, because the enemy is defeated, sin and death no longer have a hold on those who will put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so, so the gospel is the good news that you can become a child of God by putting your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you have not done that, then you want to do that today. Trust in him. If you're listening online and you don't know how to do that, you can contact contact us. Contact me. Email me at cbest at mbtkc.org and we'll work through that together. Anyway, God bless you. Uh, if, if, if you're listening online, this will be the end of it. If you're here in class, we'll rejoin in about 20 minutes.